First Chronicles chapter 14, perfect. Verse 11, did I welcome the online crowd? Good. Looking good out there. Thanks for joining us. David said these words after a great victory. He says, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. Like the bursting forth of waters, therefore they named that place Baal Parazim, which in the Hebrew means Lord of breaking through. Literally, it, it could be translated the master of breakthrough. <laughs> the master, the, the, the master this is one of his names. This is, this is one of the titles of your God. He's the master. Does anybody need a breakthrough in their life? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, science has breakthroughs, right? Technology has breakthroughs. Medicine, they, they, they have breakthroughs. I was thinking about that. I, I, I was thinking about all these different avenues to have breakthroughs, but yet his title, his name is the Lord of breakthroughs, the master of breakthroughs. I, I've just come to tell somebody today that I believe it's time for the church, for the people of God to have some breakthroughs in their life, and why not now, and why not you, and why not this week? David said, this, this is what happened in my life. God has broken through my enemies by my hand. Some of you are feeling overwhelmed and feeling outnumbered and feeling out-resourced. The truth of the matter is what you need is a, not a new wife. You need a breakthrough. Not another sip, not another pill. Not another swipe. Not another friend. What, what you need is a breakthrough. Maybe, maybe it's a breakthrough at work or maybe it's a breakthrough in your business. For some of you, it might be a breakthrough in the, your school or your family or your kids. Maybe it's a physical breakthrough, a relational breakthrough. Maybe a financial or a spiritual breakthrough. The good news, according to this, is that's who your God is. He's the master. And my job and my assignment uh, is to really stir you up in faith and expectation that you can have a breakthrough today, this week, in your home, in your family, right? Because the good news is that we serve a God of breakthroughs. Micah says it this way, talking about our God in Micah chapter 2, it says, the breaker, our God, who goes before us, breaking through. Micah calls him the breaker, the breaker. He's the breaker, and he goes before us, breaking through. I like that. But here's what I want you to notice about this verse. It says that David said that God has broken through by my enemies, broken through my enemies by my hands. So David said, God did the breakthrough, so important, but God did it by David's hand. So it wasn't just God, it involved David. There was a partnership in 
the breakthrough between God and David. Here's what you need to understand. Because when it comes to breakthroughs in our life, so many of us have a tendency to think that God is going to do it all. If we'd be honest with ourselves, come on, God, do it. When are you going to do it? But I'm here to tell you the truth is about breakthroughs. God has his part and you absolutely have your part. God does the breakthrough, but he will always do it by your hand. So it's important to find out what your hand should be doing. I said it's important to find out what your hand should be doing. If you was to read in context what David's hand was doing, his hand was praying. The Bible says he had just prayed a prayer, and then God gave him the victory, and then David gives this testimony. God broke through my enemies by my prayers or by my hand because he is the God or the masters, master of breakthroughs. Last week we talked about in Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, when Jesus began his public ministry, one of the very first messages that he ministered was there in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, it's a famous message there on the mount. He preaches and ministers many different things. But last week we talked about three specific things that that Jesus taught his people or taught the people that were keys to breakthrough. Uh, We we called them the winds to breakthrough. Jesus taught in Matthew 6, 2, when you give. In Matthew 6, 5, when you pray. And Matthew 6, 16, when you fast. Remember, God gives the breakthrough, but he does it by your hand. I believe these are three keys to breakthrough. In, in fact, they're the very first things that Jesus wants to teach in his very first sermon publicly to people. That there's an importance of praying. There's an importance of fasting. Oh, don't turn me off. It's going to help you if you'll listen. And there is an importance to giving. Can I, can I help you? I believe what I'm getting ready to share with you could be the most important sermon you've ever heard in your life. And I've been preaching for 30 years. If you want some secret sauce, I know it's fun to get emotionally stirred and lose your wig and run the aisles. But what I'm getting ready to tell you may not be fun. But it can absolutely transform. If you're wanting answers, if you're wanting help, I'm here to tell you, don't turn me off. Turn me on. Come on, lean over to your neighbor and say, turn them on, turn them on, turn them on. Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, and then in each of those, he tells you what not to do when you pray. What not to do when you fast. (laughs) Um, And what not to do when you give. And then he says, when you do do it, do it like this. You ought to go read that that first message of Jesus. He says, when you you give, do it like this. When 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 you pray, do it like this. And when you fast, do it like this. And then at the end of each of those, he says, this is what's going to happen to you. And I read it out of Matthew 6, 4. But you'll find it in verse 6 and 18. It says, and your father who sees all you do will reward you. 
Your Father will reward you. When you pray, when you fast, and when you give. Jesus says that when you pray, when you fast, when you give, that God blesses, rewards show up, answers come. Let's say it another way. Breakthroughs happen. Breakthroughs happen. And what is important is that God does it. He does the breakthrough. He does the blessing. He does the reward, but he does it by your hand. He does it when you pray. He does it when you fast. He does it when you give. We're not begging you to give. We're giving you an opportunity to get rewarded, to get blessed. Religious people have this thing all messed up, like we want their money and we want to make their life miserable. You got to pray. You got to fast. And we're going to take all your money. Get over yourself. We don't need your money. We don't want you. God's our source. My God shall supply all of our needs. No, no, no. We're trying to help you. We're trying to help you get blessings and breakthroughs and rewards. Because I believe that if we'll do the Word of God, the Word of God will work for you. Is there any other believers here today? So he does it, but he does it by... By your hand. He says, when you pray, when you fast, when, when you give. So according to Jesus, it's not if. He has an expectation that, that you're a big boy now, big girl. That, that there's, the Bible's not a book of options. He says, when you do it, not if you do it, when you give, pray, and fast, then get ready. Because the master of the breakthrough... Is going to show up in your life. Last week we talked about, or we talked from this thought, but the church prayed. (laughs) But the church prayed. Uh, This week, this week I want to get our thought from Acts chapter 14, verse 23, and then we're going to pray. It says, in every church with prayers and fasting." In every church with prayer and fasting. Today I want to talk from this subject. But the church fasted. But the church fasted. Father, give us ears to hear, hearts to perceive. Father, I thank you that your word will go forth unhindered by any satanic force or activity. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I pray for clarity laser-like focus, Lord, in this room and online. Change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I need you to hear this today. Fasting changes things. Throughout the Bible, the church was not only a praying church, but the church was a fasting church. When the church faced impossibilities, overwhelming challenges, difficulties, or struggles, the church would not only pray, but the church fasted. Throughout scriptures, it looked impossible, but the church fasted. It looked overwhelming, but the church fasted. It looked devastating. It looked difficult. It looked challenging, but the church fasted. It looked unbearable, but the church 
fasted. So like last week, I want to give you three points to my message, deep, deep, deep points to help awaken you to one of the greatest secret weapons that God has ever given the church. Here's my first point. Number one, fast. If you was here last week, this is going to look quite similar as last week. Here's the point. You should fast. (laughs) How would you like to be me right now? Who wants to get up here and talk about your food that you're getting ready to eat? But you should, you should fast. What is fasting? Let's go ahead and break down and define some terms here. Fasting in the original language means to close your mouth and abstain from food. And I just seen half the building get up and walk out. (laughs) It's not abstaining. Now listen to this. Because in the modern day church, we've kind of broadened the definition. It's not abstaining from things. It's abstaining from food. Uh, Fasting technology, fasting social media, fasting Netflix, (laughs) your binge. Is not really fasting, it's just really good sense. Common sense. You see, if fasting, uh, if, if, if that was fasting, if all that, those things were fasting, then everybody a hundred years ago, that means they were all fasting. Because they didn't have those things a hundred years ago. Derek Prince, I love his definition of fasting the most. Mighty man of God. Never listen to Derek Prince. Google him and watch him. You're talking about getting schooled in the Word. Biblical fasting, he defines it this way, is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is the restricting or the limiting or the reducing of your food intake so you can redirect that appetite towards God for worship and for prayer. It's redirecting that appetite. It's restricting your appetite, redirecting that appetite towards God in prayer and worship. Fasting, I like this thought, this definition. Fasting is hungering for God. Fasting is hungering for God. I've said it for years, and I've taught tons on this subject. Uh, And we're not going to go into a lot of details because we're not going into an extreme fast. If we were going to go into an extreme fast, I'd get into the nuts and bolts, and we've done that for so many years. And if you've been around this church, you know that. I'm going to keep it headline stuff. I want to try to inspire you today to understand what what God has made available to you. But in its simplicity... Fasting is hungering for God. It's saying, as much as I'm hungry for this cheeseburger, I'm more hungry for God. As hungry as I am for this T-bone steak, I'm more hungry for God to fix my marriage. As hungry as I am for the Twinkie. Do they still have those? As hungry as I am for that Twinkie, I'm more hungry for God to heal my family. 
As hungry as I am for that banana split, that strawberry sundae, that chocolate cake, whatever it is for you, as hungry as I am for that, I'm more hungry for God to move in my life, my finances, my body, my home, my children. Come on, I need his answers. I need his destiny. I need his purpose. And God says, fasting is pushing away the plate and redirecting that hunger towards God. People say all the time, you know, you know, I tried that, but I get hungry. The point of fasting is, is to get hungry. In fact, if you do fasting right, you will be miserable. And can I remind you when Jesus said you'll be rewarded, it wasn't during the prayer, during the fast, or during the giving. It was after the discipline or after you put your hand to do what God's called you to do. Fasting is not supposed to be enjoyable. Fasting is not supposed to be fun. And if you do it right, your stomach will be, I want to cuss here, but I'm going to hold it G form right now. It'll be ticked off at you. You don't have any idea the enemy you're living with until you try to control it. And the same discipline to tell your flesh no in that area is the same discipline to tell it no in the porn area, in the adultery area, in the lying area. Oh, I've already started preaching right now. If you can conquer it, the Bible says in the stomach area, it's the same discipline to conquer it in every, every, every other area. Think about it. How did sin come into the world? Huh? It came in by eating, and you can drive out that sin by shutting your mouth. By closing your mouth. A biblical fast involves saying no to the things we like and the thing we need to see God do in our life what we really want. Now, I understand, before we start on this, let me just slide this in right here. If you've got medical issues, check with your doctor before you fast. Our fast is, is, is a, what we call it's a Jewish fast. It's, 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 a, it's a day fast from sunup to sunup. You're not going to die. If you've got medical issues, check with your doctor. Okay? If, if you're pregnant, um, if you're a nursing mom or you've got a nursing husband, you might... There's just not a whole lot of restrictions for what we're doing. We're, we're fasting during the daylight hours, and, and it's abstaining, restricting you. Some of us, we're going to go without food totally. You still get to eat your dinner, so it's really not. Oh, my goodness. This, this almost seems silly that you'd be convincing people to do this. But it's limiting. Maybe your thing is just limit sugar all day. Limit something. But, but, but. But if, if you've got medical issues, I want to say this up front, disclaimer, you're pregnant, nursing, you shouldn't be fasting without checking with your doctor. But for all the others, I'm here to tell you, this is key, to push something aside. Maybe you would go without breakfast or you'd go without lunch or maybe just eat a little bit, just, just a small little bit to take your, your medication. Hmm. Hmm. Why should I fast? Because powerful things happen when you fast. Fasting is the believer's secret weapon to bring God's power 
on the scene. When you fast, you go from knowing God's resume to personally experiencing God's power. When you fast, you move, you move from hearing the noise of the world to hearing the voice of God. When you fast, you move from spiritual bondage to spiritual breakthrough. There's nothing magical about fasting, but there's absolutely something biblical about fasting. Fasting fast tracks our prayers. Fasting accelerates what God wants to do in our life. Fasting is not the only tool in your spiritual toolbox, but it is an important tool. Fasting is the difference between the best we can do and experiencing only what God can do. Let me quickly give you the purpose of fasting. The purpose of fasting is that fasting humbles your soul. Fasting humbles your soul. That is the that is the the, the the purpose, the reason why God has you fast is because it humbles your soul. How many of you know you're just not as cocky on a full on an empty stomach as you are on a full stomach? <laughs> why is this so important? First Peter five five says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Fasting humbles your soul. That's important because God resists the proud and he shows grace or he shows favor to the humble. The greatest hindrance to God's involvement in our lives is pride. God, according to the Bible, God will have nothing to do with pride. Pride is ugly. Pride is arrogant. Pride is selfish. It's greedy, it's a know-it-all, it's a liar, pride is a fraud, it's a fake, and it's a cheat. And here lies the problem with every person breathing in this room today. As long as you live, you will have to deal with pride in your life because pride is the nature of your flesh. And it's the last enemy the Bible says to be put under. Are you here? And the only way, biblically, to remove pride is by humility. (laughs) And one of the quickest ways to become humble is through fasting. You didn't track with me. Why is this so important that, 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 that fasting brings you into a posture of humility? It's because God resists the proud. He holds them afar off. He can't work with prideful people. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is the, it is the thing that stops God's hand in your life. And the only way you drive pride out of your life is through humility. And the Bible says one of the quickest ways to become humble is to fast. I'm here to tell you the purpose of fasting is to humble your soul. Ezra 8.21, he's leading God's people back to their homeland. Notice what he says here. He says, then I proclaim to fast that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him. They had a 900-mile journey, and they had, they, they had been in captivity for 70 years, and now they have to go through a dangerous, dangerous road to try to get back home. And here's what Ezra says. Here's what we're going to do. Hundreds of thousands of people. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to fast. Why are we going to fast, Ezra? So that we might humble ourselves before our 
God. In the Old Covenant, God's people were commanded at least, and many other times, but they were commanded at least one day a year on the Day of Atonement to humble their souls. Some translations will say, afflict your soul, to humble your soul. Psalms 35, verse 13, David said it this way, I humbled my soul with fasting, and I prayed. The purpose of fasting is to bring you into a place of humility because that's when God can do great things in your life. Fasting is making a decision to humble yourself, to say to God, I need your help. By not fasting, you're saying, God, I really don't need your help. God, I'm smart enough. I'm wise enough. I'm strong enough. I've got this, God. I can do it. I can figure it out. And that's what's wrong with the American church. We think we can do it without God, and we are doing it without God. And that's why we're not seeing the signs, the miracles, and the wonders, and the revival, and the breakthrough. It's absolutely so easy to fall into the, into the trap of depending on ourselves. Many of us are facing difficult situations in this room and online. And the last thing any of us would ever think is to, is to fast. Like, really? Fast? Go without food? But God is saying to you, you'll never solve it on your own. What, what are you up against? What breakthrough do you need in your life? Some of us are too strong and too smart and too independent. And it's kept us from the help of Almighty God. God is saying, humble yourself. You need my help. You see, when we fast, we come to the end of our power and the beginning of God's power. See, fasting brings us to a place of humility, a place of dependency on God by reminding ourselves that we need God's help. Our story is not, come on, celebration, Our story is not that we're smart enough, we're talented enough, we're good enough, we're spiritual enough. No, our story is I fasted, I prayed, and God did for me what I could not do for myself. And that is the power of fasting. That's the power of fasting. So the purpose of fasting is to humble yourself. And you really don't know how prideful you are until you try to tell yourself you're not eating that. You just try it. Oh, no, we all good, man. I'm a humble person. Me and God will do what God says to do, and let's find out. Let's find out where the war is. You, you don't struggle with something you're yielded to. You don't struggle with something you yield to, but the moment you try to tell, I'm not going to do that, then you realize what kind of enemy you have in your life. As long as you're yielded to it, no problem. But you try to resist it and tell it what to do, it's a whole nother animal in your life. The purpose of fasting is humility, but the promise of fasting, and this is what I got to get you to see today. How many of you give me just a little extra time today? The promise of fasting is breakthroughs. Oh, maybe I'm just preaching to myself today. But if you're hungry for a breakthrough, if you're hungry for God's involvement, 
Come on, if you're done hitting your head up against the wall, if you're done weeping and crying and staying up all night, if you're done having the same old problem year after year after year, I'm here to tell you the promise of fasting is, is the master of breakthroughs showing up in your life. Let me show it to you, Isaiah 58, 6. This is what God says fasting is supposed to do. Is this not the fast that I have chosen, God speaking, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you would break every yoke? Notice the breakthrough comes by your hand because you're doing the fasting. And when you fast, every chain begins to snap. What would not work before all of a sudden happens because you made a decision. As hungry as I am for the Big Mac, I'm more hungry for my God. If we ever could get a church that would get more hungry for God, what would we see in this nation? What would we see in America? I like the IRV, International Revised Version. It says it this way, to set free those who are held by chains, to untie the ropes that hold people as slaves, to set free those who are crushed, to break every evil chain. Stay with me. To break every evil change. I I don't know about you. I I don't want to repeat 2023. I I don't want to repeat 2022. Be real honest with you, I don't want to repeat 2021. I don't want to repeat the last 30 years. I need chains to snap. I need breakthroughs to happen. Come on, maybe maybe your life is perfect, but there's a lot of us in this room and a lot of us online that says, my marriage could get better, my kids could get better, my family could get better, my finances could get better, my life could get better, our church could get better, our community could get better. Come on, God is calling us. To break every evil. What is going on in your life? You've tried prayer. You've tried coming to church. You've given your offering. Have you ever fasted? There are some things according to the Bible that your giving will never bring deliverance for. There are things in the Bible where Jesus said you can pray all you want, but it's not until you say no to the cheeseburger that breakthrough will come in your life. I don't get it. You don't get it. Why? 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 All I know, that's, that's how Adam and Eve allowed Satan into it, and that's how you drive them out of it. Come on, somebody. Tom, you can come back even though we're not quitting, but come back and help me. The Bible gives us so many breakthrough realities. This is usually where I teach, and I would go through all of these, show you chapter and verse. We ain't got time for that. But, but can I just give you a list? This, this is in your Bible. This is what is available if you, if you get more hungry for God. If, if this Wednesday, from sunup to sundown, you just say, you know what? I usually have that morning bun, but you know what? I've got too many buns on my bun, and I'm going to... And I'm going to choose, instead of eating the bun, I'm going to go get on my knees, and I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray, because I really... I need my marriage to be better. I need my home to be better. I need, I'm done struggling with these finances. God, help me with these finances. Instead of having that pasta at lunch that's yelling and screaming at you, eat me, eat me, eat me. You're saying as much as I would want to eat you, I'm more hungry. I'm more hungry for my neighbors to be saved. 
my city to be saved, our church to have revival. These are the breakthroughs the Bible talks about. Fasting brings spiritual power. Fasting brings power to your prayers. Fasting brings God's favor in your life. Fasting brings God's wisdom, brings clarity to the voice of God. God's answers. Daniel, man, he fasted for 21 days. He finally got the answer. Fasting brings opportunities and open doors. It brings healing. In fact, Isaiah 58, where it says it breaks every chain, the Bible says when you fast, that not only healing will come, but it will come speedily. Accelerated. Does anybody need some accelerated healing in your life? Oh, yeah. It brings refreshing and wholeness to your soul. I would like to teach us, especially in the, in the generation and the hour we live, but because there's so many soulish issues and soul problems. Um, and, and, and a lot of that's good because now we're aware of what's going on with people's emotions, and, 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 and instead of stuffing it, we need to deal with it. But, but, but you're not going to counsel your way out of that problem. But the Bible does teach us that through renewing your mind, you can reprogram your soul and your mind. But the Bible says how you break the depression and the suicide and the emotional, the emotional issues that's going on in your soul is the Bible says fast. Because what it does is it humbles your soul. It humbles your, your mind, your will, and emotions. Because your mind, will, and emotion has been fed all day long with your social media. And that humbling, seeking God and worshiping begins to purge out all that competition and all that insecurities and all that junk that you filtered all day long. It brings healing to your soul. Some of the greatest, one of the greatest things that some of you could ever do is just get quiet in your soul. And that's what fasting does. It quiets your soul. It silences the noise in your, in your soul. It Fasting brings protection, brings restoration, brings provision, brings deliverance, addictions. It breaks addictions. It brings, it breaks poverty. It breaks dry seasons. It's, oh, I'm not going to get done with this message. Fasting makes a massive difference. Moses fasted for the sins of God's people, and God showed them mercy. David fasted before he went to war, and God gave him the victory. Ahab fasted and his life was spared. Nehemiah fasted. God gave him wisdom and favor to rebuild their their lives. Nineveh, a whole city, fasted. (laughs) And God spared them. Ezra, the the people fasted. Ezra fasted and God protected them. Esther and God's people fasted and God gave them amazing favor. Jesus fasted and it launched his powerful ministry. Paul fasted and God gave him clear direction The church fasted in the book of Acts, and the church grew and became so powerful that it was said of that church that they turned their world upside down. Wow. I wish they would say that of our church. I wish they would say that of Fresno Church, that that the church of Fresno brought so much revival to the community of Fresno that it turned its upside down. 
People will say, well, isn't that fasting stuff kind of extreme? Uh, No, let me tell you what's extreme. Sickness and disease. Poverty and lack. Soul issues, that's extreme. Addictions, being bound by addictions all your life. That's extreme. Depression, that, that, that's extreme. Fasting is not extreme because fasting, you know what you're really saying? As much as I'm in love with my food and as hungry as I am for my food, I, I, I'm more hungry and I'm more in love with God for this moment, for this season, for this time, for this day, for this hour. I'm going to push away the cheeseburger and say, Lord, as much as I want that, And as much as my stomach wants that, I make a decision out of my spirit that I'm more hungry for you to move in my life. And God says when you make that decision, breakthroughs begin to happen. Because the the purpose, the purpose of fasting is to humble your soul. But the promise of fasting is breakthrough, is breakthrough. Here's the second point. Fast again. I'm not going to teach all these. I just want to at least give the points. <laughs> Fast again. Why? Because so many say, yeah, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I remember when we did that back in 1929. We fasted. I tried that fasting stuff and nothing changed. I fasted one time, and things still remained the same. And I, I would say to you, church, fast again. I know we want a different answer. I know we're all looking for magic. But I'm here to tell you what the Bible would tell you. The Bible would tell you, fast again. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul goes through this whole list of of hell. I don't know how else to say it. You got time for this. If you need to leave, you can leave. But but give me just five more minutes. Anybody give me five more minutes? Ten. Would anybody get no I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Paul goes through this list of struggles and trouble. In fact, let me just read it. Many of you have heard this. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and that wasn't a good kind of stoning. He didn't feel better after this stoning. They pelted rocks at him. He says, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, and in journeys often in perils of water. That's dangerous. And perils of robbers and dangers of robbers. And perils are dangers of my own countrymen. And perils of the Gentiles and perils of the city. And perils, dangers of the wilderness. And, and perils of the sea and perils among false brethren. People I thought was my friend turned their back on me, stabbed me in the back. Has anybody had those problems? That was a big amen over there. Breakthrough's coming. Come on, this is our week. I said, this is our week. Come on, church, this is our week. Come on, this is our moment. This is our time. 
It's the reason why I got to just close this up because what I, I'm giving you is an assignment. It is the marching orders. This isn't a sermonette to the Christians in their bassinet smoking their cigarette. This is thus saith the word of God to us as a church. But the church fasted. He goes through all these things. He says in verse 27, in weariness and toil and sleeping sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often. What? 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 This makes no sense. He's, he's, he just says, I, I, I've hungered, I've been in thirst. So he's not saying I'm hungry, he's saying I'm fasting. He gives a list of struggles, and then the middle of the list, he says, but I've often fasted in my hell. I've often fasted in the struggle. I've often fasted in the pain. He said, I fasted again and again and again and again. Paul is saying, I fasted often. Why? Because fasting was Paul's secret weapon for breakthroughs out of all the hell. You could read it. We don't ain't got time to read it all. But he gives a list of his problems. Some of you, you got your list of problems. But what I would ask of you, is fasting in there? Yeah, but they've done me wrong, and they offended me, and they stole from me, and they lied. Yeah, but is fasting in there? And he didn't just say, I fasted once. He said, I fasted often. Why? Because I had a lot of problems and a lot of stuff going on. And I needed a lot of breakthroughs. Are you sure about that, Pastor? Absolutely. That's the reason why in 2 Timothy 3.11, he can say this. You know all about all the troubles and hard times I've had. You've seen how I've suffered, yet the Lord brought me out of all those situations. He delivered me out of all that trouble. Paul says, I've had this happen to me. I've had this happen to me. I've had them betray me. I've had this situation. I've gone under more times than you can count. They've attacked me. They've been brutal. It's been unfair. But right in the middle of that, I just kept fasting. I just kept fasting. I just kept fasting. I just kept fasting. Because why? Fasting will bring breakthroughs in your life. Does anybody need a breakthrough in this place? I got more on that, but I can't give you more. I could show you where the book of Acts, they fasted over and over and over again and again and again. Let's go to the last point. Fast is number one. Number two. Come on, are we learning? Number two. Why do you need to fast again? Because you keep having problems again. Because the struggle's real. And some of you need to fast again because you've already, you've already decided in your mind it doesn't work. And I'm still here to tell you, you can't change God's word. So either you didn't work. Number three, fast together. Fast together. Probably the most important one and yet the one you'll dismiss I'm talking to this church. Not only are we supposed to pray together, we're supposed to fast together. It's important for the church to periodically have times and seasons when they fast and pray together because things will never happen unless God's people fast together. God's people, 
I could show you case after case, but let me just show you real quickly so you know I'm not lying. God's people needed a breakthrough in the book of Joel. It was devastation. They had lost everything. Their nation was in a wreck. The enemy had destroyed, and they needed a miracle, and this is what God told them to do. Joel chapter 1, verse 14. So consecrate a holy fast. Call everyone together. Gather all the elders and everyone who lives in the land. Bring them to the house of the Lord. Not your bedroom. Bring them to the house of the Lord your God. And what? Cry out to the Lord. God says, I know how to fix your problems. I'm the master of breakthroughs. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to fast together. I need you to come together. And I need you to cry out to the Lord. He says it again in verse 15 of Joel chapter 2. He says, sound the trumpet in Zion. Call a fast and gather. Gather all the people together. For a solemn meeting, bring everyone, the elders, the children, and even the babies. God says, you want to fix your problems? Call a sacred assembly. We used to call these gatherings we used to have years ago, we called them sacred assemblies. Where God's people would come together. The children would come. The babies would come. Don't leave your kids at home. They need to be in this environment. This is the way you raise up your children. So what? Bring them their, 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 their technology. Set them on the floor. Let them play. But being in the anointing and being in the presence of God will do more for them than anything else. God says, you want your land healed? You want restoration in your life? You want breakthrough? Gather the people. Come together. Fast and pray. And worship me. Yeah, many of you know at the end of joy. God turned things around. Revival came. A restoration is a powerful thing. And the church comes together and fast. The book of Judges, God's people. I'm, I'm, I'm really close here. But I don't want you to miss this. God, God's people had prayed and prayed and prayed. And they kept seeing defeat in their life. They kept coming to Sunday church and they just weren't seeing any breakthroughs. They kept doing what they know to do. But every time they went into battle... They were defeated. And the Bible says that they finally figured out that they needed to add fasting to what they were doing. And I read in Judges 20, 26. Here's what it says. Then all the children of Israel, that is all the people, went up and came to the house of God. Together, they're, they're all coming. Where are they going? The house of God. That's what we're going to do Wednesday night. Thursday, Wednesday night and Thursday night is for celebration family. Friday night, we want the whole world to come. But this, this, is a, this is a clarion call to the family of celebration. If celebration is, is your church, unless, unless you're a nursing husband, you should be here. We, we need to go God where we need, unless, unless you got work. You got, I, know, I know everybody can't. I don't want to be legalistic. But, but I'm just here. People, the church is so stinking passive. That, that we can say things like this. We think it's almost an option, and we're wondering why miracles are not happening. I'm pleading with you as a pastor if we want breakthroughs in our life. Then the people have to come to Yeah, but my life is good. Oh, you suck. It's not about you only. It's about the person on their deathbed that we need to come together, and we need to pray, and we need to seek, and we need to fast. God, we need revival. In our city, we need revival. 
then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day. Here's our fasting. They fasted that day until evening. So they just fasted from sun up to sundown. Verse 35, the Lord gave Israel the victory. That's what we're going to do. From sun up to sundown. I'm not telling you what to do. You figure out how to abstain, what you need to abstain, what you need to restrict. But, 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 but your stomach should be, it should be ticked. It should be upset. It should be really angry with you. And you take that hunger all day. You say, God, I'm more hungry for you. And then Wednesday night, we're going to come and we're going to worship. And then the Thursday, we're going to get up. And we're going to humble our souls once again. And then we're going to come together. We're going to lay hands on people and anoint them with oil for 2024. And then we're going to get up Friday morning. And we're going to fast again. And we're going to say, Lord, it's going to start working by Friday. You're going to see a breakthrough coming by Friday. And all of a sudden, that resistance and that cocky stomach that was trying to rule your life, say, you know what? I'm going to be nice. Just let me eat on Saturday. Will we just call it quits on Friday? It'll start submitting to you. And Friday, you'll just say, Lord, as hungry as I am for that cheeseburger, I'm more hungry for a move of God in my life. And we're going to come and we're going to gather together. Sammy Rodriguez is going to come and we're going to have a word from heaven and it's going to change our year. I'm here to tell you, this week can change your year. I wish I could convince you. Every great thing that's ever come in my life has come through prayer and fasting. Second Chronicles, last story I'll share. You know the story, Jehoshaphat. They called him fatty at school. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. (laughs) An overwhelming army was coming against God's people there in in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We know the story. Most of us know the story and And so they didn't know what to do. It looked like they were going to be in ruins. It looked like there was three different nations coming against them. And and, and Jehoshaphat gathered all the people together. He said, come quickly. And the Bible says they all gathered into the temple. The children and the babies, and they got together in the temple. And the Bible begins to outline their prayer. And Jehoshaphat begins to lift up his voice to God. He said, oh, God. We have no power in this situation. Lord, we don't know what to do. Does that sound like anybody in this room? Or do you have it all figured out? Are you that strong? Are you that wise? Are you that smart? And they're holding their kids' hands and their children's hands. And mamas are holding their babies. They are on the verge of utter destruction in their life. And the cure for that and the answer for that is to gather the people together. Get them all there in the house of God and begin to cry out to God. And they cried out to God. said, God, we have no power in this matter. I can't, I can't fix it, Lord. We, we don't know what to do. But this is what they said. But our eyes are upon you. But our eyes, our focus, we're not watching another football game. We're looking to you, Lord. Our eyes are on you. 
And the moment they prayed that prayer, God says, listen to me now. Catch this. This is it. This is the closing. This is it. God says, listen to me. Because you prayed. Because you cried out. Because you fasted. This battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. I've come to tell somebody today, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But I've come to declare in this ministry, this church, this house, in your life, in your family, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Say that with me. Say the battle is the Lord's. What made it the Lord's battle? Huh? What made it the Lord's battle? Fasting and prayer. Stand to your feet. Woo! Come on, did you get this this morning? Maybe, I, I don't know, you're a little quiet for me. Does anybody need a breakthrough in, the, breakthrough in this room? Come on, does anybody need a breakthrough in this room? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've come to tell somebody the battle's not yours. The battle is that marriage issue. I've come to tell somebody the battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Hear me today. Don't miss this today. The battle is not yours. The battle is, I believe this week can change everything in your life. I believe breakthroughs are right now ready for God's people. But it's going to be by your hand, by your willingness to pray and to worship and say, Lord, as hungry as I am for that Twinkie, I'll eat it on Saturday. I'm more hungry. I'm more hungry for you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you could just remain, remain in the building. I know. I know some of you got to go get your medication. I know I'm passionate. I know, I, I know I'm in your face. But what I preach and I have, I have conviction about. And I hear and I know what's going on with so many of us. And I'm here to tell you, God has given us the answer. And yet we're so determined to do it another way. I want revival. I want signs, wonders. Come on, can I get anybody to agree? I want signs, wonders, and miracles. I want God's help. I don't want to play church. I want to be the church. Come on. Father, we don't know what to do. We have no power in so many situations. But Lord, our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. These upcoming three days of fasting and prayer, worship might be the most important three days of your life. I believe it could change the course of your life. God is my witness. I have nothing to gain to try to inspire you to put your hand to this. I don't get a bigger paycheck. They're not going to keep me on as pastor the following year because I did a really good sermon. 
my heart cries for a move of God. And I'm here to tell you, a complacent people will never see it. And I refuse to pastor a complacent church. I should irritate the heck out of you until you start getting it right. Huh? I'm here to comfort the afflicted, but I'm here to afflict the comfortable. Amen? Come on, somebody shout yes. I believe with all my heart. If the church will pray, if the church will fast, if the church will do what God says to do, the master of breakthroughs will come and deliver and set free. And that's the kind of church God is looking for in this nation. Let it happen in Fresno. Let it happen in California. Let it happen on the West Coast. And let it begin with you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel heaven in this place. I feel heaven in this place. Come on, this is where people get healed and delivered and set free. Come on, this is where breakthroughs begin to happen. Come on, this is what we're signing up for. This is what you were created for. This is the reason why you got out of bed early and you combed your hair. You didn't come for cute church. You came for a relationship. You came for the power of Almighty God. Somebody shout yes. Oh, I'm going to sing that. We're going to sing that. We're going to sing that. We're going to sing that. Here's what we're going to do. I've messed this all up. I've messed it all up. But it's good. I like messing things up. Oh, I wouldn't miss Wednesday. I wouldn't miss Thursday. This is going to turn our year. God put it in my heart when we stepped into the month of January. I'm turning things around. I'm turning things. Does anybody need a turnaround in your life? We, we were going to pass the buckets, do a cute little offering, and, and beg you to give. Forget it. Just give, because God says to give. Quit being a baby. Come on. Take your pampers off. Huh? Take your diapers off. Throw up and just start giving, because God said to give. We're a fasting church. We're a praying church. And we're a giving church. Because the Bible says, give, and it shall be given. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Run it over. He'll cause people to give back to you. Do you need a miracle? Then give. That's how we do it. So there's the, there's the offering message right there. That's all I got. And, and here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to go back into this song. We're going to worship. They got communion up here. You can bring your gifts and your offerings. There's also giving stations in the back. You, you can, you online, many of you get it online. Thank you, Celebration, for doing what you're doing. God is taking your seat and making it possible for revival to happen. Uh, listen, I've been doing this a long time, but I feel like I've just begun. Come on, Celebration, we have just, I said we have just I'm looking for a few good men and women that says, give me this mountain. Give me revival lest I die. Come on, any takers in here? Any takers in here? I know I know. I might be a little radical. I know I might, but there's a cute church down the road. Go to that one. This church, we for signs, wonders. Come on. You can go to the cute church. We're not about being cute. We're about God healing and delivering. I don't know where all that came from, but anyhow, put that in your religious pipe and smoke it. Hallelujah.
Man, I wish you had a trumpet. Don't ever come to church without your trumpet. We, we were going to sound the alarm. Blow the trumpet. Come on, call for a sacred gathering. So, so here's what we're going to do. We hit, we don't, don't leave yet. I, you know, I'm amazed at how people leave. And you, it's like you, you might have just walked out on your miracle. I'm asking you before you leave, at least stay in this song one time. It's going to be our closing song. And then in the middle of the song, come, grab communion, bring your gifts. And then when, when you're after one time, you could go, you could go do whatever you, I know what you're going to do because I've, I've made you hungry. I've already seen people running out for the Krispy Kreme donuts. They're just running. They're just, oh God, I got to store up. I mean, listen, I've been fasting already the month and, and, and then I have to prepare a message on fasting and I'm hungry as a God. Oh, but I believe this stuff. I said, I believe this stuff. I can, I, your stomach is full. But me just talking about fasting makes the devil mad. And that devil wants you to go fill that stomach and just overload and just overload and just overload because he wants food on your mind and not God. And I'm here to tell you, the king's stomach has to die and God has to become king of kings and Lord of lords. And that's what you do through the power and the dynamic of fasting. that's extreme yeah sickness is extreme extreme disease is extreme poverty is extreme man that fasting something that's extreme if we get it right god actually mandates more parties and festivals than he does fasting the reason why we're not talking about the parties and festivals is because nobody's doing the fastings we all want the party well god 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 says, drink the wine and eat the fat. It's party time. He was tired of their depression. But I'm here to tell you, God also said, I need you to spend a day humbling your soul. That's what we're going to do. I just hear somebody. Did he say something about wine? (laughs) Did he say something about wine? Give me some wine. I've gone to rambling now, huh? Did you shake your head? Yeah, no, okay. You received this today? Yeah. How many of you, I know some of you, I look at, some of you've been, you've been in this journey a long time with us. Nothing surprises you. But I know those, so many of you have been in this journey for a long time, but, but would you not say there's something fresh happening? There's something that God, come on, is doing. We're, we're gonna we're gonna take it by force. A violet, take it. Maybe you need to come. I, I want you in your mind. I was gonna have you do this, but we ran out of time. Because I need application. What what is, what's the breakthrough that you need? What is it that you need? Um, guys, put those questions up there. What, what are you believing God for? See, we're, this isn't just, we're not just trying to get brownie. We're, there, there's a purpose here. 
You need to ask yourself that question. What are you believing God for? What breakthroughs do you need? What are you praying and what are you fasting for? What, what is it? Your life can't be that perfect. What is it that you need God to do? What answer do you need? What revelation do you need? What help do you need? I, I, want, you to, I want you to write that down today. So important. I've done this myself. I have a list of things I'm believing for. I do that every time I go into January and start my fast. What, what are you believing for? What, what is it that you, you need? From What breakthrough is that? Some of you just need to put in your, your notes in your phone and just write that down. And, and, but right now, would you just log it in your head? In fact, just put it, put it in your hand and take your hand and put it out in front of you. I felt like God instructed me that we would pray for you. Come on, put your hand, obey your pastor, put your hand up there. Some of you wouldn't do nothing unless God showed up. Hallelujah. The Bible says, obey the prophets and you shall prosper. Okay, so, did he say he's a prophet? What is it? Put it in your hands. I'm going to ask my wife to pray before we go into this song and close out this service. I want you to know we care. I care. We care about what's in your hand. We want to see breakthroughs in your life. And in your home and in your family. There's things we're believing for that we don't want to ever, ever see again in our life. We need a breakthrough. It's not just, listen, this isn't a message for you. This is a message for us and our home and our family. You know, people think preacher, preacher families at home, they're perfect. Listen, we got a lot of mess going on. We need breakthrough. Do you know why I'm fasting? Because I need breakthrough. Do you know why my wife's fasting? Because we need breakthrough. What is it? I, I want you to know we absolutely care about what you're going through. Health, is it health and healing? Maybe some of you is fear. Maybe you're afraid that your days are coming to an end. Come on, is it, is it, is it a breakthrough with your life, believing God for a long life? The struggle's over. I'm here to tell you, breakthroughs are coming. Healing can happen suddenly and, and speedily. So I want to ask my wife to pray. Come on, right out in front of you, just put it in your hand, and we're going to come to agreement that God sees what's in your hand right now through your thought life. And we're going to believe together for breakthroughs in this area. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare you are breaker. God, we acknowledge you as the God of breakthrough. And God, we believe that you're breaking through by the power of our hand. We say yes to prayer. We say yes to fasting. God, we say yes to our part. God, this in our hand. Lord, we're declaring this is our season of breakthrough. God, we declare that financial situations change in Jesus' name. God, we declare that physical limitations and physical situations and bondages and struggles, spirits of infirmity that we've allowed way too long, God, we declare freedom from those things, those bondages broken in Jesus' name. God, we declare that you're giving us wisdom and clarity, God, of the next step in our futures. God, you are allowing us to see the necessary adjustments that need to be made for us to experience the answers that you have available for us. 
God, we're declaring breakthrough in the lives of our children. God, that our children will serve you and love you and honor you all the days of their life, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. They'll walk in freedom. God, every iniquity, every iniquity, every generational curse broken by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, God, we declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. God, we declare breakthrough in our soulish realm. God, depression flees. God, anxiety, stress, being overwhelmed with just life, being consumed with what other people think about us, insecurities, God, limitations that would hold us back from doing and being everything that you've called us to be. God, we declare that those are broken in Jesus' name. God, we are expecting breakthrough in this valley, freedom in this valley, revival in this valley. God, we believe as a church we are a city set on a hill. God, we are the lighthouse to this dark, depressed valley. We believe that people are coming to a spiritual awakening, that blinders are being broken. God, bondages are falling off of people. God, and it starts in our home, our neighborhood, our city, our valley, our side of the nation. God, we declare it so. So God, we're in great expectation. God, for this week as we enter in, God, to afflicting our soul, humbling our soul. God, we believe, Lord, that you honor those who walk in humility. And God, we just thank you for being the breaker, the God of the breakthrough. We expect it to be done in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc slash give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 